The following audio is from the King's Chapel in Clifton, Virginia. For more information about our church or to listen to more sermons from this series, you can visit us online at thekingschapel.org. My wife is... Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yes. We worked out some signals because I didn't want to forget to mention to you and to reiterate with what uh, Miriam said. Um, there is a class that I'm going to be teaching in, a, I think it's the 28th, 29th, it's a Friday night and a Saturday morning. And it says Christianity 101, and you go, well, no, that's not for me. But I'm telling you, it is for you. It's not one of those beginning classes, while it can be, but it's a time for us to learn how to be intimately engaged with the God of the Word and the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you all, and do not leave this morning without signing up. You know, um, how many of you all know church folks wait till the last minute to sign up for stuff? <laughs> I mean, not you all, but you mean you, might, you know of some churches that... Yeah, might do that. So anyway, I want to encourage you all to come because what is the one thing that we drill down on here at the King's Chapel? We drill down on several, but what is one that just, it's our mission, it's our drive, it's our passion, it's what we want to do. Anybody want to wager that guess? Small groups. And out of small group come, who said small groups? Yeah, out of small group comes what? One word, Huh? Well, yes, fellowship. That's the sauce of the small group experience. And listen, wager a guess, because even if it's not the word I'm looking for, I'm going to make it sound like it's right anyway. So just, just wager a guess. Okay, so, so out of small groups with fellowship come what? Disciples and relationships. Who's that relationships? Yeah, all of those words are certainly pertinent to what we do here at the King's Chapel. Body of believers. We're not the only church. But here we are all about Matthew 28, 19, making disciples. Go ye into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. That's your convert. But then in verse 20, it says, teaching them. And so we want to preach, teach, encourage, shepherd, and carry you all as a body of believers to that place that we can be what the Scripture speaks to. And we'll find out about it in uh, John, and we'll read in just a second, uh, true disciples. So this morning's message is just this, freed to be a slave. Say that with me, if you will. Okay, now say it with me. Freed to be a slave. Yeah, yeah. So if we know the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what has happened in our lives. We have been freed to become a slave. Freed to become a slave. And that word slave in Scripture just means a bondservant. Bond servants are a little bit different from plantation slaves and slavery of our uh, country's history. Uh, 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 bond servants are ones who choose to put themselves under the lordship of Christ. Choose to, because of the engagement or the acceptance of Christ Jesus, uh, we choose to put ourselves under the submission and the, and the uh, subject ourselves to the lordship of Christ. And so, in order to do that, you got to be free. It is pretty clear to me that in this culture that we live in, and even in the church culture, we're not even free enough to love one another. Somebody say amen if you know what I'm talking about, because when you get quiet, it's just like saying amen. So, so, so we're not even free enough to love one another. When we love one another unconditionally, it means that there's nothing guaranteed back to us. We don't love because somebody's going to love us back. We love because of Christ Jesus. 1 John 4, 8, the word says that uh, uh, God is 
Love, yeah. And so, and so we didn't even know what love was until we experienced and encountered the love of Christ. And so we want to talk a little bit about what being free to be a slave, what it looks like this morning. Uh, another place that you'll find in Scripture, and when I give you Scripture, please write it down because you're not going to remember this. You will remember if this stain is still on my shirt, more so than you will remember what comes out of my mouth. Now, I don't have a stain on my shirt, but I'm just saying Church folks do that. Anyway, uh, write these down so you can review them later on. You can talk about them at lunch, and hopefully the, the Holy Spirit will take something and drill it into your spirit today that compels you to be obedient to it. And so, did I tell you to uh, turn to John chapter 8? We'll get there in a minute. The Word of God says in Romans 6, I think it's about verse 16, Romans 6, 16. He says, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He says, uh, Paul says, Though whoever we submit, met and surrender our members to, our being to, we become a slave of that thing or that person. Let me say it again. Whatever we surrender to, whatever governs us, we become a slave of that. We become a slave of that thing. Some of us can become a slave to our own selves. Somebody say, say amen if you know what I'm talking about. How many of you think your ideas are pretty good? Yeah, you, you're not answering that now, but truth be known, that's how you live. Uh, um, it, there's only one way to do a certain thing, and guess which way that is? Your way. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so whatever we surrender, and, and I want to take this to a different level or another level, if you will, it is the philosophy or the thinking behind what we surrender to. If we surrender ourselves to rigidosity, rigid, uh, religion alone and do the rudiments of religion, then that's what we're going to become a slave to. We'll just be accustomed to coming to church and going back out. And for God's sake, if you all have a King's Chapel t-shirt, don't be out there in the culture acting crazy with that t-shirt on. Okay, let them know that you are representing Christ here and you happen to be a part of the body of Christ here at the King's Chapel. Jesus is not returning for coming back just for the, 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 the non-denominational branch at the King's Chapel. He's coming back for his bride. And with all the breath and effort I have, I want to make sure that I'm being the responsible friend of the groom to make sure that the bride is prepared to meet Jesus when he arrives. You know, the sky is going to open one day, and the Scripture says we will rise up to meet him. We'll rise up to meet him. Let me go another step as this uh, thought comes to mind. We'll get in the word in just a second. Um, I want to thank you all for your prayers. Uh, this is becoming a praying church. Now, if you say, but gee, he's not talking about me. Yeah, I, I am talking about you. And if you're not praying, you need to be. Prayers work. Prayers are powerful. Several weeks ago, I was not able to stand, much less preach, uh, because I uh, decided when I was out getting some uh, uh, relaxation and some rest uh, that I would go out and do some cardio and it didn't end well for me. So I fell on my ribs. Ooh, how many of you will have ever had uh, bruised ribs? That's a, <laughs> and then they said, well, nothing's broken, nothing's, oh, well, that's great, but the bruise, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just another place for pain. And I'm, I'm a big boy. You know, I don't, my wife says I might be a baby, but I'm not. I, I'm a big boy. I take pain okay, but bruised ribs is just a whole nother level. So anyway, but because of prayer, I see prayers working in the life of your uh, shepherd, Pastor Bill, 
And I want to also say thank you all for those prayers too. And we thank God for what he is doing in Pastor Bill's life right now as he is restoring him. And it's a blessing to hear that. And as you might imagine, as, you, as the church is, you want to embrace him and you want to go by and visit and all of that stuff. But give him a while to, to recover. But keep the love of prayers flowing. I also want to thank you all for praying back uh, Pastor Mark's family. Uh, are you all back intact now? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, they, they went through some, some stuff. Uh, how many of us, how many of you have been through some stuff? Four people? Okay. <laughs> how many of you have had someone pray for you? Yeah, yeah. Prayers work. So I want to thank you all as a body of believers here. Thank you for praying. And make prayer a priority. Okay, now back to our regular schedule program. Did I tell you to turn to John chapter 8? Okay. <laughs> oh, somebody back there is keeping track. Let's go to verse 31. <clears throat> so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I love the uh, worship this morning on that song where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. I believe that's birthed out of, is that 1 Corinthians 5, 7, I, I believe? Nonetheless, where, where the Spirit of the Lord is, if the Spirit of the Lord is in this place, there's a liberty to worship Him. That's why His Spirit is here, to free us up to worship Him. Not to come in here and do religious singing and religious praying and religious listening, but to worship Him. How many of you in here right now, if you won the $873 million lottery for the state of Virginia, how many of you all would tell somebody about it? Oh, let me back that up. How many might know that you won? Absolutely. Now, not that you all play the lottery. Y'all looking at me like I'm reading your mail. I'm not. I'm just saying. If, if you were playing the lottery and you won $800 million, somebody's going to know about it. Because your tonsils will be screaming and yelling. You'll be jumping up and down. Now, listen, I've seen prices right before. I've seen let's make a deal when they call on people. Yet those people go nuts. Anyway, anyway, when it's Christ, it ought to change our lives in the same way. So this morning, to be free, to be liberated, the freedom is already there. What do we want to be free about? If Jesus Christ is the only one who set us free, why does he want us to be free? So let's talk about that a little bit this morning. So as a launch verse, I want to use John 8, uh, 31 and 32, because he says, if you continue in my word, one of the marks of a true disciple, we continue in his word. Continuing in his word does not mean we attend Bible studies. It's a wonderful thing that we do, but continuing in his word means that we consume the word of God to live the word of God. That's when you're going to recognize a transformation in your life. That's when people are going to recognize that you're a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's when you continue in his word, you continue feeding your spirit on it, and you continue allowing it to transform you. You'll find a reference for that in uh, Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? Renewing your mind. So it's our thinking that gets us, in it gets us in trouble. Oh, it's our thinking that gets us in trouble. How many of you all know that you would like to have some thoughts back? Nope, nobody? Okay, how many of you all know that you thought some thoughts that got formulated and they came right out of your mouth? 
Yeah, amen, sister. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, we all have. And we want to say, oh, boy, if I could get that back out. Ooh, that would. But it's too late. It's out there already. Where did it originate from? In our thinking. And so this, the, the, the message this morning is about how do we transition from those thoughts that cause us sin nature responses. You know, we, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you have been set free from the power of sin. You don't have to sin, but you're not set free from the presence of sin. Okay? When you're saved, God calls you a saint. He doesn't call you a sinner anymore. But there are saints that sin. <laughs> if you are a saint that sins from time to time, please raise your hand. Yeah, I just want to make sure we're together here. Yeah, we, 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 the, the, the full consummation of his return hasn't taken place yet. So we're still in this flesh. And we still have a nature to, to, to do some uh, evil stuff. Uh, if you leave us alone to ourselves. Uh, that word evil just means displeasing to God. It just means uh, uh, wicked. We can have wicked thoughts. You mean these nice-looking little people here on, at church on Sunday morning could have an evil, wicked thought? Turn to your neighbor and ask them if they have an evil thought in their mind. <laughs> we think we have to look like something off the gremlins to be evil, but you don't. You could just do something or say something that displeases God, and it is under the heading of evil. Now, now, so let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, turn to uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, and I think I have those for you. I, I want you to know, uh, when, typically when I preach, I don't like to use slides because you will become slaves to slides. Not you all, but I mean sometimes. It's easy for you to people, church people, to become slaves to, to slide. And I would rather you become slaves to Scripture. Um, uh, and then you just get in there and you just read, and it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful experience. Didn't I tell you 2 Corinthians chapter 6? Okay, and in verse 14, let's read this real quick. So Paul captures something here that, by the Holy Spirit that is important to our lives if we want to stay free. We have been freed if we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you do not belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not free. You're still a slave to your own thinking or somebody else's thinking. Okay, listen. Verse 14. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light and darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial or the devil? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And so when we look at this charge or this, this admonishment, if you will, from Paul, he says, where's the partnership between righteousness and lawlessness? Where's the fellowship between light and darkness? Where do they come together? Where is the harmony, if you will, between Christ, the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of Satan? Where, where's the harmony there? Where's the common ground between a believer and an unbeliever? Brothers and sisters, let me submit this to you this morning, right here. Because I don't, uh, and there are those that are watching us by um, 
Um, yeah, that. And, and, and so uh, I'm speaking to all of us here now, President and those that are not physically in here. Uh, <clears throat> all of us have some kind of like little, we do little footsies with the things of the world. Some of the thinking, some of the philosophy, some of the ways, if you think I'm kidding, uh, <laughs> let the wrong conversation hop off in here about something political. Don't get quiet on me. I'm trying to keep it real here. Yeah, yeah, we can't even sit in the same sanctuary under the headship of the Holy Spirit and not be bound by somebody that's a Democrat or Republican. Say amen if you know what I'm talking about, because I know it exists and I know we are not immune from it. Yeah, how about the whole transgender conversation? How about the whole homosexual conversation? How about the whole ethnicity uh, separation or, or, or division? Am, am I too loud? Am I too excited? Yeah, this is what you get. I mean, this is what you get. And so, and so all of us play footsies. If you, you know what footsies is? You know, anybody know what that is? When I say footsies? Good Lord. Okay, all of us will dabble sometimes in worldly things. Did everybody hear that? Can I get an amen if you understand what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, yeah. We all have things that sound good. And we, we kind of nudge up to it a little bit. And we hang out with it a little bit. And we start incorporating it in some of our thinking. That pretty soon we start producing what we have been hearing and thinking. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, how many of you will believe that uh, <laughs> uh, Oprah Winfrey has some influence in the land? One person back here, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, Oprah has, has a microphone in influencing the land in their thinking. How about, uh, I don't know, the latest magazine that projects, is it Cosmopolitan? It was in my day. I don't know what it is now. Ladies, help me out here. Nobody knows. Anyway, there's this picture of this woman on the magazine, and everybody in the universe that's a female ought to look like her. Am I the only one? Okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, so same, 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 same thing with men. You know, that's why we just spend all that time in the gym. And for God's sake, for what? <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So, so, so all of us have the propensity. In fact, I said this the other day. Embedded in our free will, the DNA of our free will. Yeah, this is worth writing down. Embedded in the DNA of our free will is the potential to sin against God. I'll let you wrestle with that a little bit, but it's there. He gave us free will. In that free will, do we not sin because we have free will? No, we have free will, and it would lead us to sin if we're not careful. Even if we're careful, it will lead us to sin. Why? Because this flesh wants what it wants. But God's sake must... <laughs> This woman went all over town the other day because she couldn't find some chocolate-covered raisins that I had a hankering for. And I didn't make her go, but I just say, you know, if you're out and about and you run into some uh, 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 chocolate-covered raisins, did anybody get a hankering sometimes for chocolate-covered raisins? Mine was chocolate-covered raisins. You don't have to tell me what yours is. But anyway, you, you know, if we think on that enough, pretty soon we're going to want that thing. And then that's where I was. And the next thing you know, I was taking a little nap. I woke up, and right beside me was a little bag of raisinettes with chocolate all over them. And my God. 
We all have that in us. Not to say that raisinets are sinful, but they can be. Somebody say amen if you, I mean, we knew better than to eat the second piece of cake. We knew better, but we did. Anyway, anyway. So, so the, the scripture, Paul is asking, where is the connection? I'm asking you, what consumes your thinking? Are they the TV stations? Are they the, uh, uh, what are the reality shows? Are there, uh, you know, what consumes your thinking? What feeds your thinking? What sets the tempo of how you think? Because whatever that is, if it's not the Word of God, but, but, but even so, the Word of God is the same way. But whatever it is that governs your thinking is also going to direct your behavior. So when you start acting unchristlike, guess what? You're having unchristlike thoughts. And if you think them long enough, you will produce it. You know what the Word of God says? The Word of God says it's not what enters a man that defiles him. It's what comes out of a man that defiles him. Then he lists all of this, this ugly stuff. Uh, da, 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 da. Forgive me. It's Matthew. It's Matthew. Uh, I'll come up in a minute. But anyway, so, so if it's in us, that means it originated in us. You ever heard of, have you, have you ever been around believers before, Christians before, and you hear them cuss? Not you all, but I mean, you like on TV or something. And, 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 and they go, oh, geez, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know where it came from. Well, I know exactly where it came from. What's in the heart, the mouth will speak. What's in the heart, the mouth will speak. Jesus tells us that. That's for us to know. So anyway, he said, Paul is asking what the connection is, but he's also saying by the Spirit of God, there is no connection. So if you have Jesus and you're trying to add some other stuff in there, there's going to be a problem. And what I've done just as an acrostic, I, I, I use the acrostic apple. Anybody know that term? Uh, you may know it because that's uh, mythically, they said that was what the fruit on the tree was. It was an apple. Anybody heard that other than me? Out of uh, Genesis? Well, don't get misled. It wasn't, no, the scriptures did not say it was an apple. Uh, it just sells stuff on TV. It's a great marketing ploy. But nonetheless, I'm using it as an acrostic this morning. Apple, A-P-P-L-E, if I have the spelling right. All of what the world is made up of can be found right in this acrostic. First uh, John speaks to it this way. First John chapter 2 and 15, 16 and 17. All that is in the world, uh, brothers and sisters, do not love the world, for all that is in the world is the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the boasting or the pride of life. Every sin you will ever commit is embedded in those three arenas, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the boasting of the pride of life. How many of you all, in fact, turn to your neighbor and say, you are pretty prideful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, well, listen, listen, listen. Uh, how many of you all know that you go round and round with pride in your own heart sometimes? Yeah, and, and I think I told you this once before. Pride is, like, uh, pride is like plaque on your teeth. You go to the dentist, and they clean your teeth. When you walked in there and when you walked out, the situations are totally different. You can drive a Mack truck between your teeth when you come out of there. 
Because they haul plaque away off your teeth, right? But, but the plaque was there when you went in there. Sin is the same way. It accumulates. It accumulates. And if we don't floss it with truth on a regular basis, it just builds up. And you know, the more, <laughs> the more plaque we have, that means bacteria is hanging around somewhere. And pretty soon, bacteria does something to your breath. Not that anybody would know what I'm talking about, but I'm just saying. Trying to keep it real. Yeah, our spiritual walk can be that way. It can become offensive. It could be powerful. You ever talk to anybody who's got bad breath? Oh, Lord. Anyway, anyway. Here's the acrostic. The, the apple is the framework, framework, if you will, of what this culture is made of. It is always going to be like this. Because it doesn't get its origin in Christ. It gets its origin in man's wisdom. Wisdom by man. It is, always, it is also the substance of what I call the cultural oxen. We yoke up with this mindset and these thoughts, and we run with them. First of all, the A, for apostasy. We're living in that right now. We're falling away from truth. Man does not want to hear, I should say believers even, do not want to hear the Word of God. The Word of God will bring you into accountability with the God of the universe, the God who created you, the God who said in this text, I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters. Yeah, when you fall away from truth, you're falling into some real dark places. Truth is light. The next people, uh, uh, perversion. What in the culture is not perverted anymore? In order for you to understand what perversion is, you've got to know what truth is. Because that's what's being perverted. If, I'm just using this as an example. Don't anybody go nuts here. If you are a smoker and you walk into a place that says no smoking, you see a sign that says no smoking, what does that do to you? What's one of your first thoughts? You're going to try to figure out a way to have a cigarette. Am I, am I just, does anybody hear what I'm saying here? Because you need to do that thing, whatever that thing is. And so the perversion part of this is, what does the Word of God say? Well, when God says something, that's what he means. Well, what we attempt to do is, how can we do what God says, but somehow do it our way or find a way around it? We're perverted. And that's what the culture does. It perverts stuff. Now, when Satan perverts stuff, he doesn't pervert stuff that looks so... You see, we're coming up on a season right now. I hate to mention this. But Halloween is made to look a certain way. And, you know, it gets ugly. I know I'm meddling right now because some of you have already purchased your costumes. Anyway, anyway, just, just go with the principle. I'm just trying to make a point here. Um, 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 it's presented in a certain way. When Satan offers us up something that he knows we want, it's not going to be ugly. It's going to be very soothing and appealing. It will have its draw. It will draw us. According to James chapter 1 and verse 12 and 13, we are tempted when we are drawn away by our own lured and drawn away by our own lust. Not because somebody put it on TV, uh, and, and I know there are people in this building right now that's ordered a pizza just because they saw it on a TV commercial. Maybe I'm just talking about myself. Maybe that's the case. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We see it, and I, we don't even like pepperonis. But we ordered a pizza because we can put our own stuff on it. Okay, okay, enough of that. Perversion. Perversion. 
The, the next thing we run into is the pridefulness of our heart. The pridefulness of our heart. That's the second P. The pridefulness of our hearts. And I don't need to last a long time on that one because we know we got it. These hearts can get full of pride in a heartbeat. Full of pride in a heartbeat. You've been around people who are just so prideful they can't even smell themselves. Have you been around those people? Okay, okay, move along. Then there's lawlessness. Matthew 24, 13, Jesus says this about lawlessness. He says that men's, because lawlessness increases, men's hearts will grow, will grow cold. Yeah, you feeling that in the culture right now? You think that there's any coldness in the culture right now? You know, I think it's a major thing the way the enemy has uh, 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 hoodwinked and, and bamboozled some people in their thinking. Because always treat the enemy like this. When he's putting this out here and telling you pay attention to this hand, he's over here wreaking havoc with the other hand. And you don't see that because you're so fixed on this. Somebody say me if you know what I'm talking about. You know, we get all revved up and hunked up and ready to roll just because somebody says something about black people or about white people, and all of a sudden, we're just glued to that. But that's not where the problem is. Now, I know this church has been taught. I know this church has been taught not to get caught up in that foolishness. It's over here that he's creating the division. You know where the division is? Between you and your God. Because the only one that is going to expose, in fact, 1 John 3 says that Jesus, when he appeared, he destroyed the work of the devil. And anytime you see division in the culture about on any means, I don't care what it is, political or whatever else, uh, that's the enemy's attempt to divide. But that work has been destroyed. What are we supposed to do as believers? Live it out. Let me get, let me get, let me get done with this. I'm almost done. Listen, listen. Are we up to E yet? Oh, people, that say, yeah, you're paying attention. That's great. Uh, look, look. So, 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 so there's apostasy, the falling away from truth. There's a perversion, perverting of truth. There's a pride, living it our way instead of living truth. In fact, if you write this one down, I don't think it's in my notes, but Romans 1.25 says that, that, that we exchange truth for a lie. We exchange truth for a lie. That's what pride is. That's what pride is at working at its best. We don't go with the truth of God that says be humble have humility, have this attitude in you as it was in Christ, we go the other direction and say, I'm going to Burger King this thing. I'm going to Burger King the snot out of it. Does anybody know what Burger King used to say? Have it your way. Now, some millennials probably don't even know what I'm talking about, but I was just saying, have it your way. In fact, a lot of the marketing piece, you deserve to have it. It's your right to have it. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, 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 so the E is just evil. There is evil in our land today. There is evil in our culture today. Don't try to dress it up and don't try to pretend like you don't see it. It's there. We are humans. We are filled with the spirit of the, the, spirit of the living God. And even in that condition, we can be evil in our behavior from time to time. Well, if we're like that and we belong to Jesus, what does it look like for the other group? There's no gray area. You're either saved or you're not saved. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. Both of those are real places. One thing about Jesus, whew, you can't almost get him, and you can't get some of him. 
You're going to get all, it's like being pregnant. You can't almost be. You either is or you ain't. And so, and so, evil is loose in our land and always has been. But that didn't disturb God. He provided the place for us to be so that we wouldn't be participants of apostasy or perversion or pridefulness or lawlessness or evil. And that takes me to my final landing point. Instead of being yoked, in fact, I think I had a, is there, is, there, is there some oxen on your slide? Look at that. That's some of my work right there, I want you to know. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully you'll get the picture. So, so in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, I'm going to start in verse uh, uh, 25, and then we're going to end here. Um, did I tell you Matthew 11? Okay, good deal. And here we go, right to verse 25. Uh, I want you to see yourselves in this whole passage here. Jesus is speaking. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent, talking about men without Christ, and have revealed them to infants. That's us. Reveal them. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me, by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. So, so, so if we belong to God, if we have accepted the gospel, the good news, that means that Jesus made it possible for us to receive the good news of the gospel. That was all, in fact, Andrea had spoken it in his prayer this morning. It is the Holy Spirit. It is God at work in us to will and to do. That's all of his work in us. And the manifestation of him working in us ought to be pressed through how we love one another. Listen, there is not, there's not a soul in this building sitting under the sound of this word that, that, that you don't have the full realm of my love. The full realm. You know why? Because I got the full realm of his love. I, I, I haven't always been this wonderful. I haven't. I, I've been, I don't know about you all, but I was a conservatively, conservatively jacked up man. Wasn't that, baby? Yeah, so, yeah, so, so on, a, on, on confirmation, conservatively jacked up. And that's, conservative just means you don't know how jacked up you are. And then Jesus came. Then Jesus came. He chose to reveal himself to me. Just like if you know him, he chose to reveal himself to you. And it is your responsibility to respond to what he's revealed to you. You never discover things about God. God always allows us to discover him. But if we never get in his word, if we never get under his word, we never have anybody pouring his word in us, we're not going to ever get to that discovery. One thing about the word of God is not Easter eggs. You don't have to hide it. Not for his children. He gives it willingly. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. So here's where we land. In verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So rather being yoked up with the culture and the ways of the world and the world system, Jesus says, come to him. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. A lot of times we get the yoke part right, but we forget the learning part. It's important that we learn from him. He is our example. As he walks, we are to walk. He, listen, you know one of the hardest things I've, I, I, it, that has been difficult for believers to do? And that is forgive. Ooh, forgive. Do you know how forgiving liberates the snot out of me? I'm not going to be bound by unforgiveness. Been there, done that. And it started with the utmost. And if you're a parent in this place, just understand that God has created you to be an overseer. You are an authority in your children's lives. And I butt heads with my father. And I held unforgiveness towards him until Jesus came. See, you got to get your eyes open and see the light of what Jesus is saying. If you're going to struggle with your earthly father, I know you're going to struggle with your vertical father, with your heavenly father. So he had to free me up. He loosed me from all of that thinking, that, was, that, that, that moat that I had built. That was me. That was me. That wasn't my father. That was me. I told you, we all are jacked up. We all are. Turn to your name and tell them you are jacked up. Well, I mean, don't say it like that. Okay, okay, okay. All right, here we go. Here we go. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That word burden is just whatever you're carrying. Uh, this word, when it was written, the Jews were trying to live Judaism. They were trying to live the Mosaic law. And it was a weight upon them. It was a heaviness upon them. For God's sake, if you're trying to be a Christian, stop. Let the Holy Spirit make you a Christian. He'll live it out in you if you let him. And so Jesus says, learn from me. Take on my yoke. Allow me yourselves to be yoked up with me because the yoke is easy. All of us struggle in here. The only struggle we have with Jesus is when it's time to obey him. We love all the stuff he does for us. But when obedience comes, when time for obedience comes, that's where we're challenged. Stand to your feet, if you will. The praise team team comes. I want to end this way. You know, as always, I never finish. I just stop. I want to end us here in a in a unique way. Bow your heads and pray with me, if you will. Father God, we do thank you and give you praise for your presence in this place. Lord, we also thank you that you have made yourself known to some hearts in this place this morning. Father, for those who have captured a message, those who have captured the word in some way, shape, or fashion, I pray that you would seal it in their hearts, Lord, and give them the boldness to be obedient. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Milton, I have never consciously given my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he died on the cross. I believe he came to set me free from my sins. And I believe that God raised him from the dead. If you believe those things and you've never given your life to the Lord to accept it, I want you to raise your hand all over this auditorium right now, all over this sanctuary. If you're here and you've never consciously accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Milton, I've been yoked up to some stuff that I need to be broken free from. I need to put on 
the yoke of Christ. And I need to learn from him. Would you pray for me? If, you, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. You're yoked up with the wrong stuff. And it's causing you to walk lopsided. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hands all over this auditorium, all over the sanctuary, all in this temple. You online, I want to pray. Father God, you see the hands that were raised. And Lord, I lift them up to you right now that you would set them free from what they have become yoked to. And Father, I pray that they would take on. You never tell us what to put off without telling us what to put on. Give them the boldness now, Lord God, to put your yoke on, to learn from you, and to carry your burden. So Father, we thank you and we give you praise for all of what you've done, what you are doing, and what you will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.